Hello, welcome to episode number 11 of the R Strong Podcast. I am your host, Gage Rozier. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you had a great New Year's. Uh, Today's our first 2021 show, which I'm excited about, obviously. I hope everybody had a great, safe New Year's Eve and all that. I can say I was safely, comfortably asleep in the chair at about 9.30. So welcome the New Year in with a bang. Uh, kind of my usual routine, uh, which was fine with me. So today, episode number 11, we're going to kick off. Uh, I think I'm going to make this a series. I don't want to, I guess, promise that, but this is my series on our foundation movement. So if you've listened to previous podcasts, especially when we talk about training, we've talked about our foundation movements uh, quite a bit, squat, hinge, push, pull, plank or pillar or core or whatever you want to call it. And today we're going to break down Drum roll, squat, because I didn't give much time for the drum roll there. But we're talking about the squat, everything there is to do uh, with squats today on this show. I guess not everything, but uh, at least quite a bit. So I got kind of broken down into the benefits, characteristics of what makes a really good squat, what that looks like, some common faults, how to correct them, and then we'll get go through maybe some uh, kind of progressions or just different squat exercises uh, towards the end there. So Without further ado, let's get into it. Our squat show, let's start out with the benefits of squatting. If you don't squat in your training or just in general, why aren't you? It's the most important. Shouldn't say that. They're all important. It's a a foundation movement for a reason. You do this pattern every day in your life. You've probably done it already today when you kind of squatted on that toilet or you squatted down to pick up your kids or something like that. You know what a squat is. You know you should be doing it. It's an important pattern, uh, really important for strength gains, athletic performance, but just having a healthy, strong, able body. The squat pattern is a cornerstone with that. So break that down a little bit further. I guess we could talk maybe, uh, maybe two different categories of benefits. Let's talk, number one, just general. Just general benefits of squats would be number one obviously it's your lower body you're building strength in the, your quads your hamstrings your glutes uh your, your adductors which is like your groin muscles your calves honestly it kind of goes much further than that up the chain too especially if you're doing kind of a heavy loaded squat you're going to get some upper body some core activation uh, it's a really actually a total body lift with of course the lower body the legs the lower body musculature uh getting probably the most benefit from it but it is a total body lift especially when we go we go heavy with it for all you people trying to lose weight out there you need to do a lot of squats and actually some pretty heavy squats at a decent volume too because because it's such a big movement because it involves like heavy squats involves a lot of musculature in your body it is what we call metabolically expensive as in it's going to burn a lot of calories when you tax that many muscles your body has to burn a lot of calories a lot of energy to repair those muscles so big squats a lot of times can when combined with the right diet lead to some really good fat loss uh, results so anytime where you have a weight loss program uh, big squats are going to be a, a part of it so Big movement equals big or metabolically expensive, burns a lot of calories. Also, improves mobility, improves uh, stru- structures your joints, the structure of your joints, excuse me, uh, tendons, kind of that bridge between your bone to your muscle. Uh, it strengthens those tendons as well, which would be extremely important, especially as you age. Um, 
know, I, I've known some friends who maybe are listening to this podcast who have ruptured like an Achilles tendon or something like that, uh, where through proper strength training, especially through squats, we can strengthen those tendons for that high risk activity. And especially as you really age, you still have to get up there. Uh, squats are great for um, building strong bones as well. Um, not to get too far down that train in this uh, episode, but just general characteristics. Of course, it's going to be great for your lower body. Uh, but it's also, again, good for fat loss, uh, great for mobility, great for uh, building strength in your bones and, and tendons and joints as well. So now to get in maybe to a more of an athletic performance side, this is probably, and the squat is kind of probably the number one exercise coaches think about or people think about when it comes to strength conditioning with teams and stuff. It's about the back squat, which we'll get in the back squat here in a little bit and stuff like that. Cause, and for a good reason, uh, a strong athlete has a strong lower body, strong hips, um, can produce a lot of force through the ground, which a lot of that comes from your lower body musculature producing force into the ground, which a squat is a huge huge component of that you want to jump higher you need to be able to squat you need to be strong in the squat you want to be able to run faster you need to be able to squat um, it's kind of the answer to a lot of things up to a certain point not to get too far down that train as well which is a hot button topic in strength conditioning is how strong is strong enough uh, we're not going to answer that question today on this podcast but just knowing that squat is huge for athletic performance and, and injury prevention as well the to have a good strong squat pattern is extremely important um, for all those things okay hopefully that wasn't brain uh busting for a lot of people the squat pattern obviously is something everybody does it's really important for everybody to be at least capable uh, doing and producing that movement pattern in a safe and strong way so that leads me into our next topic here what are the characteristics of a good squat? Well, I think the best way to do this, let's start with the setup itself. So you can't have a good squat without a, a, a good setup. And a good setup starts with what's touching the ground, which is your feet. Something people don't really think about when they squat is their feet. Extremely important. So I want to introduce the concept of what a cue I use a lot with athletes is tripod foot. So I want you to think of your feet as a tripod. So if you have your feet on the ground, you have your heel, that's one of the tries, and then you have the ball of your big toe, ball of your little toe. You should be able to feel that whole tripod on your setup and throughout the entire range of motion of the squat pattern. But even on the setup, I want you to start with your feet, probably a shoulder width to a touch shoulder width. Okay, you don't want to be super wide. That's kind of a sumo squat, which that's a variation you can do, but... 90% of the time, we're going to squat with our feet, shoulder width, maybe slightly outside, and then toes pointed straight ahead, maybe slightly toed out a little bit. If you can't hit depth, try toeing your knees, or sorry, pushing your toes out a touch, a few degrees, um, not a whole lot. You don't have to be, they shouldn't be pointed straight right or left, but just a touch is okay. But if you can squat with your toes pointed straight ahead, that's the best. So, we have our feet shoulder width. We have our toes pointing straight ahead. Now I need you to feel those feet. So you have your heel. You got that big toe, little toe. I can feel my whole foot on that setup. And I actually almost want to kind of grip the floor with my feet. That's going to do a lot of things. It's going to activate some musculature up the chain towards your mid midsection. Uh, but it's going to really establish a great foundation to squat from. Okay, going up the chain on our body. 
going to our knees. Our knees should be in line with our toes or with our feet, um, up and up through the hips. And then we should have a nice tall posture, depending on uh, what variation of squatting we're doing. The upper body is going to look a little bit different. Um, but for the most part, we have a nice tall posture and our back is flat. Our head is neutral. It's not up or down. Our head is kind of just on a neutral plane. So that's the setup. Tripod feet. Okay, hit feet shoulder width, toes ahead, tripod. I can feel the feet in the ground and everything else. Nice tall posture, um, head neutral on our setup, on our squat. That is should be, for the most part, uniform across all squat variations. Um, depending on where that barbell is placed, it might be slightly different, but especially the feet, we're good there. Okay, now going into that descent. Notice we still have the tripod foot. As you come down, I should still feel that whole foot on the ground. The pressure distributed throughout my whole foot, not way back on my heels. I see a lot where our toes actually come up or what we see a lot too, is we see a lot of athletes shift towards your toes. We want to make sure we still have a good solid foot as simultaneously, my knee should bend forward and my butt should move back. So a common thing we see quite a bit too, is you squat people squat with their shins straight vertical. There's a time and place for that. For the most part, I, I want your shins to move somewhat, to move forward to an extent, oh, straight, straight over your toes. So as I start that descent down with the bar or the dumbbell or even just my body weight, my knee should bend forward and my butt should push back at the same time. I'm getting a good, nice knee bend as well as some what we call posterior shift through the hips back simultaneously at the same time. So my knees, I think at the, maybe at the bottom of the squat, my knee should maybe be right over like my arch of my foot, not six inches in front of my toes, just kind of in front of my arch and my butt's back. Up top, we wanna to make sure we keep our chest up. So something, a cue I usually use is I should be able to see the top of your shirt. So if you got a necklace on, or if you got a logo at the top of your shirt, I should be able to see the top of your shirt. So if the bottom of your squat, and you take a picture of yourself and you can't see the bottom of your shirt, you kind of collapse through the midsection there most, more than likely, um, it's not what we're looking for. So we wanna be able to see the top of your shirt at the bottom of that pattern. So we start with our setup. We've made our descent. Now it's time to the moneymaker come up from the squat. So as you can imagine, let's start with the feet. We should have a good full foot. Okay. We're going to push up through the ground through that whole foot. Okay. Not just through the heel, not just the way up on your toes or inside or outside the foot through the whole foot. We're going to drive up and then we're going to maintain kind of that angle between our hips and torso throughout the full range of motion. We shouldn't see, our hips raise first and then our shoulders. We should see our, our hips and our shoulders raise at the same time. And then we want to really finish the lockout of that lift with some strong glute squeeze at the top. So that kind of goes from setup to the descent to the ascent, ascent, ascent of the squat. And some common themes that if you notice is the feet guys are really important with that. And one thing I didn't mention on the ascent is the knees. So a common uh, fault, which I'll get to in a second, but to preview is the knees will track inside the toe. We want to make sure our knees stay right in line with our toes and our hips on the way up from that squat pattern. So that's a characteristic of a good squat. So something you hear a lot and I, I hear from our athletes and I hear just from people talking about exercise and stuff as they say, wow, squat, I just can't squat anymore. They hurt my knees. No. Well, maybe. They probably hurt your knees because your squat form sucks. 
That's, that's the reality of it. So kind of check these boxes I just went through. If you're doing all those things, and, and it'll be really glaring probably when I outline these faults. Um, if you're not doing all that, if your squat doesn't look the way I just told you how it should look, uh, yeah, your, your knee's probably hurt because your squat sucks. So let's get it cleaned up. Um, we can help you with that. So to finish up that point, I guess. So squats don't hurt your knees. Crappy squats hurt your knees. Okay, so let's, let's clear out that um, misconception out there about squats. All right, moving on to section three of this show and that's the common fault so i've already maybe hinted at them a couple of them i think i got four maybe five um hinted at them through my characteristic characteristics of a good squat common faults uh, the first two involve the feet so number one is you drift way towards your toes on the descent Okay, so you're coming down, and instead of having a tripod foot, you push towards your toes, and most of your weight is kind of on the, that ball of your foot. And maybe when your heel comes up off the floor. So this, yeah, is going to cause a lot of anterior knee pain, knee pain right down the you know, front side of your kneecap. If you squat like that, yeah, it's going to hurt your knees. Okay, so because you're just – it's a characteristic of a, a quad-dominant athlete or person. So – to fix that, we need to work on kind of a posterior shift. So we need to work on getting those hips to sit back, which we can do that through what we call like a counterbalance squat. So just to teach that pattern, to teach the body how to move that way. Take like a 10-pound plate and just lock it out right in front of you and just squat. That will probably, for 98% of people, will make you shift your hips back your body will figure out a way to do that pattern and it has to shift back to keep you balanced and because of that weight out in front of your body. So if that doesn't clean it up, look at, we might have some ankle mobility issues. If you can't, you can imagine in order to have your knees drive forward a touch and your butt shift back a touch at the same time will require the ankle to move, right? So if you don't have good ankle mobility that is going to be a challenge for you likely to do so we may need to address some ankle mobility issues which is a test we can do for that um reach out to me if you, if you want some more information on on ankle mobility issues so if you're really drifting too far from your toes let's work on getting those hips to shift back through either counter movement back uh counter excuse me counter balance a uh, squat or let's look at those ankles see if we can clean that up Rotate on the inner foot is our kind of fault number two. We see this a lot, especially as if people who lift heavy, as the weight gets heavier and heavier and heavier, especially this is where I see this mostly probably on the weight up. I see an athlete as they, instead of pushing through a whole foot, they kind of rotate on the inner side of their foot, their inner edge, instead of really maintaining that outer edge on the, on the ground as well. Something that is interesting with this, uh, try squatting barefoot not heavy or anything, just try it out. And a lot of times if you take the shoes off, it allows you just to feel the floor a little bit better where the shoes can kind of cover up some things. If you take your shoes off and squat, it kind of, I don't know, makes some issues with your feet a little bit more glaring, or it might help actually that outer edge kind of feel the foot. So I want to see a lot of times when I tell athletes, hey, you're rolling inside on your foot. Once they're just aware of it, 
they can fix it almost like that too. So be aware of your feet ro- rotate in. We want to maintain that tripod foot. Probably the most common mistake we, we see is number three, and that's what we call a valgus knee. And valgus isn't necessarily bad all the time, but generally with our squat pattern, we don't want knee valgus, which knee valgus is essentially your knees are coming inside your hips in a simple way to involve some other things. But for the most part, we see that when you ever come up from a squat, you see people's knees shoot in. Sometimes it's a slow kind of gradual go in and sometimes it's like a slingshot to go in and out super quick. So this is uh, generally a glute issue. It could be some other things probably, but a lot of times it's a glute issue or not necessarily an issue, but um, maybe you need to be activated more, strengthen that pattern, probably glute meat a little bit more. Um, so the knee valgus, and especially with women, it tends to be a little bit more issue because women typically have wider hips. So you imagine if you have wider hips, your knees automatically will sit more inside of the hips compared to guys who have more narrow hips. Their knees kind of naturally just sit underneath their hips where women a lot of times their knees will sit inside their hips. Uh, it's kind of how you're made. Sorry. Um, so you're kind of more, more prone to this. But something we can do to help with this and really get the glutes firing I, is extremely f- effective is if you have a band or if you have even just a partner there, say, let's go with the band <clears throat> as example number one. If you have like a light band, put it on your knees while you squat. So that band is going to want you, is going to want you to pull your knees in, right? Well, what the band will do is your body will actually force by coming up, you're going to press those knees out against that band, which is going to do a lot of things in your glutes to cause your glutes to fire, which will help strengthen that pattern and strengthen that uh, valgus issue for you. So as you squat up, if your knees cave in a little bit, put something around your knees so you can press out against nothing super strong, but something just to give you some feedback to really press out against as you come up from that squat. Or another thing you can do is just have someone out, someone put their hand right outside your knees as you squat and press out against their hand as they come up, just to give yourself some feedback, something to press against as you come up. So that's knee collapse. Third one, or sorry, excuse me, fourth one is your chest cave. So I already mentioned this. So if the bottom of a squat, you're, chest folds down so i can't see the top of your shirt you probably you're just breaking at the hips um so focus on especially on your weight when you come up that your hips and your shoulders rise at the same time and especially if you got a load on your back we need to really work on a brace so we brace for the squat it's called about uh valsalva maneuver essentially you want to think about you know you see people put on weightlifting belts all the time well you have your own weightlifting belts built in you god gave you one it's called a diaphragm so what you can do is take a big breath in right before you get ready to descend on that squat. Take a big breath in, try to expand your stomach out sideways and backwards, like a 360 degree just breath into your stomach. Really get that stomach to expand. And then before you squat, keep that belly full. Excuse me, I'm gonna, having a cough attack here. Keep that belly full and then squeeze it down, lock it down, hold your breath squat and you can breathe on the way up that's a great way to brace protect your lower back um, during a squat pattern or 
if you're not looming heavyweight and you still collapse over, you probably got ankle mobility issues, some hip mobility issues, which uh, we can we can help clean up with some uh, good mobility work. So, and then last one, I guess, to add in is people who don't squat all the way down. You should squat below parallel minimum, but even further than that, go all the way down. From a performance side, there's some benefit to doing some like quarter squats and here and here for like athletes at certain points of certain times a year, but that's not what I'm talking about right now. Squat all the way down. So no one cares that you can squat 500 pounds and you go six inches in depth. Okay, no one cares. Go all the way down. Um, <clears throat> if you can't go all the way down, again, it's probably a mobility issue, ankles, hips, or if you're moving a lot of weight, you don't, you have too much weight on the bar that you can't do. Okay. Work within your ability levels uh, and do it right. All right. I think that covers a lot of the common faults. And the last thing I want to, um, I guess, finish up on is just the, some of my top squat exercises and everything I've talked about, I guess, today is a, what we call a bilateral squat. So both of my feet are on the ground doing it. Now the squat pattern itself, we could do single leg squats as well. And we actually do quite a bit in our programming, single leg squats, a great, a great exercise uh, category. And everything I've said for the most part here correlates to squatting on a single leg, but the exercises I'm going to kind of highlight here are all bilateral, bilateral squats. So starting just beginner level is just learn how to squat with just your own body weight. Um, very important to be able to move. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm having cough attacks here. Uh, very important to be able to move through that squat pattern without any external load on your body. If you can't squat with good body weight or sorry, with just your body weight, you shouldn't be adding a lot of weight to it from there. doesn't make any sense. Okay. So body weight squat, maybe you hold like a, that counterbalance squat I mentioned, hold a plate out in front of you, squat down, let your hips shoot back. Um, that might be a good exercise for you if you struggle with it from there, kind of blocked up into my intermediate variation. And that would be our GABA squat and front squat. And I, I call these intermediate because really you can scale these to be very easy or extremely difficult. And honestly, a lot of people, all they need to do is just goblet squat probably. Uh, but I really like front squat too. But again, I call it intermediate because it's scalable like from a weight standpoint. And we can mess around with tempos and all kinds of fun stuff to make a goblet squat super hard for someone who's been training uh, for a while. But the GABA squat and front squat, I, I consider it intermediate because it's anterior loaded. So it's on the front side of your body, which going along the theme with the counterbalance, your body automatically kind of does the shift back where you get those hips to shift back because it has to with the weight on the front side of your body. Um, I just see from a, even from a pelvis standpoint, Generally, athletes look much better. It can achieve more depth with either a goblet squat or a front squat. And then what I would call an advanced, and not that you have to be super advanced to do it, but the last stage of my progression would be the back squat. And the back squat's a great exercise. It's been around for years. It's kind of the staple of everything, but it is not the end-all, be-all. I, I battle this every year with a lot of our athletes at, where I, at, at William Jewell College, and we don't back squat a whole lot of – of teams, honestly. And it's because of the reasons I mentioned with the front squat, why I like it is the back squat. <clears throat> it does take some proficiency to do it. It's not that complicated of an exercise. It can be done very well. 
but it tends to, if you don't have the right mobility in certain areas, you can have some pelvic, pelvic issues, which is like any other exercise, I guess. But what I found is most athletes um, can do a goblet and a front squat and check all the boxes that they need to check for whatever their goals are uh, with the goblet and front squat without ever actually even needing to back squat. It's not some magic exercise that's going to solve everyone's problems for you. It's, it's still a squat pattern. It's still the same thing, just a different variation. So body weight, goblet front, and back squat, those are probably my top four variations of the squat exercise. Uh, but guys, there's there's 30 more, 30,000 more probably. Maybe that's too many, but um, they all have their benefit. They all have their place, but those are four um, that you can start working on today. So, all right, that wraps up the squat episode. I felt like I talked a thousand words a second. Um, so I apologize if that was a pretty quick tempo, um, but I'm off to the chiropractor here pretty quick. So a couple of things before we leave. Team R Strong is live. So, as you can imagine, we do a lot of squats. Uh, if you want me to help you with your squats, sign up, sign up for Team R-Strong. So there's programming there. There's a, our Min Max program is a minimal equipment program. Guys, it's scalable. Basically, anybody can do it, whether you're a, a, probably a beginner, consider yourself a beginner or an expert, get it scalable on your ability level. We can make it difficult for you. Uh, to the right degree to, to get you better. And that's what it's about is, is getting you better. So we got our min-max program. That's all you need is a kettlebell and some bands. And then we also have our farm strength program, which is <clears throat> similar to min-max as in it's scalable, but you do need a full uh, barbell set, barbell free weights. We, we do you know front squat, back squat, those type of things within farm strength. So it's um, legit programming. It's it's, um, excuse me, legit programming delivered weekly guys. And every time you sign up, you get, it's a month at a time. It's, it's an ongoing programming. Okay. So it's, you get a month and then the next month progresses off the previous month. just like I would train a team. Um, so delivered weekly, you get professional coaching from myself, assessment, uh, membership into the R strong community. A lot of great people trying to achieve the exact same things you are, um, trying to get after it through some athletic based strength training and, also some R-Strong gear. So if you're interested in Team R-Strong, some training programs, it is live. Check out the show notes and our social media. You can find links to sign up through that. And here's the next last thing as I leave here. This is probably, I'm going to regret this, but here we go. I'm going to commit to one way I'm going to produce content for people and help people out is I'm going to post a training tip or nutrition tip. Train, yeah, mostly training, but some nutrition stuff as well on my Instagram story every day. So I'm two days in on the posting of this or on the recording of this in 2021, you will see a training tip either breaking down. Maybe I'll do this. Uh, we have five movement patterns. We got our squat, hinge, push, pull, plank. I'll do a training tip for each one, a different day of the week. So maybe squat will be Monday, hinge will be Tuesday, so on and so forth. Then the weekends, I'll do like a nutrition or a mobility or something like that. A training tip from our strong performance story. And then I'll log them on our highlights. They'll always be there. Every day in 2021, 365 training tips. I think I can do it. So look forward to that. Uh, you'll see a lot of the stuff. Actually, there's already one on there about tripod foot. So you can check that out too. All right, guys, that's it for episode number 11. Appreciate you tuning in. 
Until next time, stay strong.